Welcome to the Goodfellow Innovation Discussed podcast. Used to be called Materials Inside, we've rebranded, we've got a new format and I hope you enjoy it. With me are Aphrodite Tamu and Nick Pashur. They're my guests on the show, they'll be regular contributors to the show as we go forward. I'd like to ask both of them to introduce themselves. Ladies first, right? I'm Mark and thank you for having us here. Uh, I think we will have lots of fun and lots of interesting discussions. So I'm Dr. Aphrodite Tomu and I work for Goodfellow for six years and a bit. Actually, I hold a PhD in material science and engineering. Um, I was synthesizing and characterizing nanomaterials and nanocomposites for data storage media actually. So they were magnetic nanoparticles embedded in different matrices. I also hold a master in synthesizing nanoparticles again and a master in uh, producing metal thin films so I have a diverse background I would say. Wow. And after a while I worked for a spin-out from the University of Cambridge where we were doing nano composite paints actually so I'm not allowed to say much due to the NDA. <laughs> 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 and here I am at Goodfellow six years now um, enjoying it and I think it's a great journey for me and also to expand my knowledge in material science and engineering so I'm glad we're here actually. Perfect thank you and Nick welcome to the podcast as well I think you're a first-time podcaster to the Goodfellow podcast aren't you? My first ever podcast yeah. and uh, yeah so I'm Nick Pusher I'm a head of offer at Goodfellow um, I've been here for two years and you know I've got a CV that's far less impressive <laughs> than <laughs> but um, yeah I've made most of my career in product management and here at Goodfellow I look after uh, supply chain so um, you know, all of our, our lovely suppliers who we have the, the pleasure to work with um, on all of their innovations. Um, and then I also look after product management. So how do we then bring those innovative products to market for our customers and also pricing activity just to make sure that our customers get the, the most value out of our offer. He says that his CV is not impressive. However, his work at Goodfellow is very impressive and what we have brought in. Absolutely, so. absolutely. And uh, for the purpose of introduction, my name is Mark Daniels. I'm the Marketing Communications Manager for the business. I'll be chairing the podcasts most weeks, but sometimes there'll be a guest chair in there. Uh, it's not my first podcast. I did uh, a couple of podcasts in the old version last year, and I've run my own podcast in the past as well so hopefully uh, I'll I'll be a little bit so more you're, you're already a superstar oh I'll try not to be like I'll try <laughs> not to be like that um, and uh, what we've done is we've reinvigorated the Goodfellow podcast so previously we would have guests on the show on a regular basis now we're actually bringing it in-house we're going to have lots of discussions around events that are coming up innovation that Goodfellow is involved with items that are in the news um, and product and products that we're we're launching so that's basically the idea of that but Aphrodite what are you looking forward to most out of the new version of the Goodfellow podcast so I'm thinking <laughs> when you say a good question is because you want to think right yeah. thinking out loud <laughs> anyway so I'm assuming that um, our audience is going to learn more about our materials and what we're bringing in uh, our exhibitions where we're going to have some presentation as well so interesting things or or about the media what we have read for example I think that Nick uh, referred to something that he has read recently as well yeah. so subjects about materials and engineering and I don't know yeah there's a lot more what about you yeah. for me I think it's more about 
providing our customers and our listeners an insight into Goodfellow, you know, and get to know the people behind the company and the people that, you know, bring all those uh, fantastic products, you know, these innovative products to market. And also for all of our future suppliers who, you know, are at the minute working on groundbreaking technologies or materials, you know, to know that if you want a commercial avenue to your product and you want to, you know, find customers and help marketing your product, then we're there for you. Um, you know, and yeah, just really show who we are. No, I think so. I'm excited about using this new format to, to talk to our customers in a different way. Um, as, as the marketing guy in here, and I've certainly not got anywhere near as clever a CV as, as you two have got, but I've got a background in, in marketing and my youngest son, I say younger son, he's 20, uh, he calls me the head of colouring in because I make the things look pretty. That's basically uh, my my job, my job here. Um, but you mentioned, Aphrodite, you mentioned um, events and the next mm -hmm. big one we've got coming up is Spacecom. Uh, in June, in uh, the seventh and eighth of June, that. it's exciting, and I can't wait to be there. We're going to have quite a big, uh, big presence there. Nick, what's your view on space? I mean, I was excited about the launch of um, the SpaceX Starship yesterday. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, it didn't happen. It didn't, um, did it? Yeah, um, I think there's some issue with pressurizing the tank. I mean, I'm pretty sure Aphrodite will be able to explain all the ins and outs. Oh, no, please. <laughs> <laughs> but then Elon Musk might want to offer her a job and, you know, we, we definitely want to keep her. So <laughs> let's, let's not go into that detail. That and UFOs. Yeah, which is a big topic at the moment. But I missed all the news about the, uh, the SpaceX launch, completely missed it. I was driving back from Wales, having spent Sunday climbing Snowden, so as far away from being in space as I could be. But I did see it when I got home, and I think there was a, a fuel valve or something had got stuck that prevented the launch. It's now going to be around about April the 26th, which will still be, for, be before this podcast goes out. So what we're talking about is already <laughs> old news <laughs> as we go here. Um, Spacecom itself, though, uh, the UK's largest uh, event for space industry and the people that supply to it. Goodfellow are going to be there. We've got a, a, a large stand there and we're also sponsoring the Small Sat Theatre, which is really exciting for us. We've never done anything like this before. So one of the theatres that's at the event where people can go and listen to speakers talk, we've got that uh, stand. We have two slots talking there and Aphrodite, you're hosting both of those slots. Oh, what an honor. Yeah, Thank I know. You. Can we talk through a couple of those? It's uh, You don't have to go into all the detail, but the first one on Wednesday is with Dr. Jonathan Volk. Mm -hmm. um, and the title of that talk is Entering the Orbital Age with In-Space Manufacturing. What's your view on that? Very, very interesting. I actually have a meeting after our podcast with Jonathan. Really? So <laughs> we're going to talk about it. So I can't say much or reveal much. And at the end of the day, I would like our audience even to come and see us there. So, and, so it would be great, right? So for a, for a little bit of introduction to, mm -hmm. to that talk, uh, Jonathan's the Senior Manager of, of In-Space Manufacturing and Advanced Materials. That's sort of a very clever title, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, of a, a company called Sierra Space, where he leads programs and in initiatives in this sector across all their platforms. Now, I've seen Jonathan talk. I saw him talk at MRS in November last year, and it was an absolutely fascinating uh, speech. One of the things he touched on that I had never thought of before, you know, like I say, backgrounds in marketing, I spend most of my time doing colouring in. He was talking about the fact that manufacturing in space, the value to it is actually, we don't realise how much impact gravity has on a manufacturing process. 
How does that work? What's what's the difference between gravity on gravity affecting manufacturing that's going to happen in space? Any insights that you can share? Yeah, me, I think Jonathan will be the best one to share, right? But there's no gravity in space, so I'm wondering how the, you can manufacture in space and not take take uh, in consideration the gravity, right? So um, I want to, to listen everything from Jonathan actually. That's going to be a fascinating talk when we Very sit down with with here. So that's a, that's at 11:40 on uh, Wednesday, the seventh of June. That's a great one. And then the next day, Thursday, same time, 11.40, you're hosting a panel. Um, and I love this title, Miniaturization, Prospects and Limitations. It's a, it's a brilliant one. Now, I saw you, Aphrodite, do a talk at uh, Engineering, Engineering Solutions. Yeah, Engineering Solutions Live last month yes. uh, around miniaturization. And I know this is an area of, of real hot topic for you. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. This is more of a panel. Uh, yes. So you've got Jonathan again, he's, he's yes. coming back as a guest on the panel, uh, and then just a real brief introduction so that uh, listeners can, can sort of understand who's going to be on that talk. But we have also got, alongside yourself and Jonathan, we've got Dr. Charlie Muir, who's a rocket propulsion engineer from Satellite Applications Catapult. Um, he's the propulsion lead in the business. I do apologise, I'm reading off his notes because he's not here uh, in, in, in person. Um, but includes identifying future requirements, liaising with other research and technology organisations and supporting the development of rocket engines. So he's a proper rocket scientist. Exactly, yeah. rocket engineer. Well, I guess you have to be, isn't it? And, you know, if you think about manufacturing in space and miniaturization, that goes on in hand because everything you're going to manufacture in space You've got to get it up there right yeah and so you know I, I mean i've worked for a long long time in you know manufacturing environment big plants big machinery uh, you know you couldn't get any of this equipment up there so i think it'd be interesting to see how they're going to overcome those challenges and that's an interesting point isn't it that's the the, the payloads we've got to get things smaller and smaller to get them up into space exactly. yeah and 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 put that up there like the, the starship that didn't take off yesterday but that's supposed to be able to carry like the heaviest payload ever or something i think yeah. i'm not quite sure but i think it is the biggest rocket ever i know it's in two parts and one part brings the other part up yeah space yeah i think i think it can hold a lot of a lot of things but it's all about you know the setup and you got to get the people up there and you know can you imagine if what we manufacture here we had to manufacture in space the challenges that would cause yeah it would be incredible yeah you've got smaller and gravity no longer involved that's going to be uh, quite fascinating another guest on the uh, on the talk with you is dr bogdan nenchev uh, from a company called intelligence now you know bogdan i believe um, I know I, I know a lot of people from the intelligence company. So yes, they are an artificial intelligence company, and they have a system that it predict alloys or materials or even conditions for the optimization of several materials. So it depends on the it depends on the material. Okay, and that's valuable in miniaturization. It is a, a, extremely valuable, extremely valuable because they can predict even the alloy that you can use with the optimal, let's say, mechanical properties or. Um, heat resistance properties as well so it's very important excellent and and uh, Bogdan is an accomplished expert in the field of material science and machine learning uh, and has experience in working with noisy and sparse data sets what does that mean <laughs> I think I think we've got us I'm gonna be I'm gonna be sat in the audience there going what on earth is a noisy and sparse data set uh, he's got over five years of experience in the field and has developed cutting-edge algorithms to solve complex problems as well as drive interpretability in artificial intelligence so there's another 
fascinating talker on your panel there. It's going to be amazing. Exactly. So I can't wait for that either. And the last guest, not last but not least, exactly, is uh, Bianca Cefalo. Cefalo, yes. Yeah. Um, and she is the CEO and co-founder of Space Dots. Uh, they pioneer the in-space research and development, testing and in-situ quality control of advanced materials. So you see the synergy now that we are making here? Materials, yep. artificial intelligence, right? Yeah. Plus uh, the engineer, right? Yeah. The rocket engineer. Yeah. Then everything, all the properties for the materials, they have to be specified and they have to be tested. So we're bringing space dots. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is this is a fascinating panel. I think both talks, both your your Wednesday and your Thursday talk, are going to be really interesting. But this panel is going to be fascinating for all the audience that that are coming to uh, to Spacecom. If you're looking to visit us at Spacecom, you'll be able to find a registration link on the Goodfellow website at goodfellow.com. You can also search for Spacecom. It's in Farnborough uh, in June seventh and eighth. So we look forward to seeing you there. So on to our next topic, um, Nick, this sort of moves a little bit more to your area of expertise, our product sets. Okay, so we, Goodfellow has, we've got what, over 150,000 lines of product? Pretty much, yeah. um, more or less, it really depends because we have such a capability of customization of all of the product that I would say this number is almost infinite, right? Um, you know, and, and you look at, for example, what we're gonna be talking about during this panel at Spacecom. You know, we talk about, for example, manufacturing in space, right? Which then leads into, well, mini miniaturization. How do we get smaller parts up there? We talk about payload, we talk about weight, and then we talk about super alloys. And we recently just uh, launched a new service for all of our customers, which is alloy customization, including high entropy alloy. Um, and now I'm pretty sure, I'm sure that Aphrodite will explain in more detail, but my understanding is with this new method of creating alloy powders, we can manufacture parts that are have the same resistance or the same strength, but are probably half the weight. Okay. You know? And so that is going to play a major role into enabling us to manufacturing space and sending stuff that weighs a lot less. Yeah. So it's a new range, let's say, of, well, not relatively new, I would say, range of alloys, all right, that either they are equatomic or not equatomic, all right, and uh, they can be weight percentage, for example, and they can be more than five elements that you can add in an alloy. Usually the alloys are two to three elements, maybe stainless steel is a little bit more, but these high entropy alloys, you can involve refractory metals, for example, all right, and they will have for sure optimal mechanical properties. Also, the strength to weight ratio is, is extremely good that they have, and also they, are, um, they can um, resist in, uh, in high temperatures and oxidation. So there are a lot of benefits regarding these alloys, and uh, I'm sure they, they will benefit um, space and uh, aerospace or aviation, satellites, everything, right? That it okay. includes, let's say, materials that it has, they have to be applied in uh, very demanding conditions. So for everybody who doesn't know, um, so Aphrodite has an amazing team working with her, uh, you know, and, and if you need any type of help for to solve your technical issue, you know, do not hesitate to reach out to us, you know, because these guys, they can really do a great job helping you. Um, and so when I was, I was talking with um, Lydia from your team and she was yeah, telling Robert, me about so. the fact that these, these new alloys could potentially reduce the weight of a plane by 50%. 
Wow. And so if you think about like sustainability and you know fuel efficiency, etc., this is the future. That would surely lend itself more to uh, the technology of uh, electric airplanes and stuff like that when they've got lighter weight. Exactly. They've got better range. I appreciate obviously we're not replacing a 747 with an electric one, but smaller aircraft if it's lighter. Yes, there is a lot of research around these alloys as well and where they can be used. They can even be used for biomedical applications, all right? Because okay. some of them, they have some elements, they have biocompatibility, so it depends on the alloy that you're using, of course. But imagine even that, if you want, if you want to have an artificial arm, all right, that is lighter than what is already being built right now at the moment. So this also will benefit not only human at the whole but also aviation space engineering in general absolutely and this is one of our biggest challenges with our, our product set to explain to our customers isn't it in terms of we're talking here predominantly today about space because that's the next exciting event that's coming up for us as a business but you've just highlighted there that the one product set can be used in in space in medical the 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 range of of sector and application reach is quite broad isn't it yeah and this is what is is, it feels very different for me because in the past, you know, I've always launched products knowing what the applications were. You know, we, we had a, a very well-defined purpose for the product and coming in this company and you are discovering that, you know, you're taking an innovation from someone who just created that product and then you're trying to deliver that to someone else who's then going to also spur innovation from that innovative product. Right, which is, I think our new tagline reflects that really well, you know, innovation delivered. I think, you know, you don't just do the coloring in, yeah. Mark, I think that's a really great <laughs> job. Um, and, that, and that's what that's what we do, you know, we we help transit innovation. Some of the new product we've launched, so, uh, you know, Astalex, Bio Astalex, in exactly. the medical application, I think, you know, someone was telling me this could replace skin for skin graft or something yes, like that. Yes, it can be used for that as well. Not to replace skin, but it can be used as a scaffold for tissue rege regeneration, for example. Biohastalex is the biocompatible um, grade of Hastalex as well, so it can be used in the body, it can be used uh, even, let's say, for transplants and um, pacemakers, it can cover a pacemaker, for example, because it's biodegradable and biodegradable. What is Hastalex? What, what, what is it? So, that's a good question, actually. Thank you, Mark, for bringing it up, because it's a, a biocomposite, actually, a nanocomposite from graphene oxide and uh, a polycarbonate, I can't say a lot, unfortunately, again, uh, because we have the NDA, um, a polycarbonate polymer that the, it has been made from the inventor, all right? So that's what you said as well, Nick, is bridging the gap between academia research with industry, right? That's what Goodfellow does. The value of death does not does not exist with Goodfellow. So <laughs> let's say let's say that. I think we should mention that. Valley of death. Do you know that? No, I don't know that. Yes. So the, the uh, gap between academia research and the industry, because you can't bring sometimes the academias, let's say they can't, they don't have the tools to bring their materials into the market or they don't have the time because they want to research more and more, right? Okay. So there is a very big gap between these two, let's say, sectors, right? Yeah. Academia and the industry. So this is called the valley of death. Oh, because wow. yes, nothing goes. I've been here over a year. I've not heard that phrase. Yeah. No, and so, and, and I think that's what you know. How do we bridge that gap? And if you know, if exactly. if you think, if you put yourself in the in the position of those two players, right? So on the one end, you've got someone who's maybe working for a university. They're going to create that new product. You know, it's all going to be created small scale. You know, low low quantities, um, almost 
in the lab, right? And then from the lab to industry, you need to scale it, right? You need to be able to produce that product in a much bigger quantity. However, in order to then produce that product in much bigger quantity, you need to find people that are interested in your product, right? Yeah. And generally those people are going to be, you know, researchers, scientists, um, R&D people, engineering departments. And so that's what we do, right? We, we, because of our business model is to supply small volumes, uh, small quantities in a very short time, then we were able to take those innovative products in small volume and then distribute them and you know create awareness to the to all the potential customers of, of that product existing you know and for me it's just not it's not about business this is almost like a mission you know bridging that gap this is what exactly. it is right because if yeah. if we don't do it then who is going to do it right it would be very difficult for a researcher or scientist to spend their time doing this right and is that really what we want a researcher or a scientist to do to try and find avenues for their product and find customers and market it. I don't think that's a good use of their time. I think they're better off creating things. And exactly. then a good fellow comes in and supports. Exactly. Drives right. that, drives that and, and uh, innovation delivered. Innovation delivered. Exactly. Uh, so before we start to wrap up, there was just a couple other product launches we've had this year. Just touch on them. We can go into more detail in future episodes, but I think we've had, uh, I've got a list probably of several, but microfoils and single crystals. Can we just touch on those quickly? Nick, start with microfoils. Where, where are we at with that one? This range of products is actually important for me because unlike some of the products that you know, we source from suppliers or um, you know, very innovative company, this one we make here. Right. We actually make it here? Yeah, yeah we make okay. it here. Um, it, and a lot of people don't know this, but we, are, we have manufacturing capabilities here uh, at Goodfellow. So, of course, nothing large scale, but we can roll down uh, foils, because, you know, and when I say large scales, what I mean is we are not geared up to deal with volume. We're geared up to deal with accuracy right. and quality. Yeah. Right. And so we're able to take, let's say, a sheet of metal and then roll it down to the exact thickness that is required for the customer within the tolerances that they require. We can, we can even make it light tight. Um, and so microfoils are foils that are very, very thin. Um, and how thin can we go with these foils? We can go down to 0 0.01 micron. Wow, okay. And what's the application for microfoils? Where are they used? All these microfoils that we are able to offer, they're produced by a spattering technique, and they're all deposited on a, a permanent substrate, which is usually a mylar. Uh, the mylar support that we are using, in the past it was 3.5 microns, now it's 0.5 microns. Wow, okay. Or that makes uh, the foils more flexible, so you can use them, let's say, in sensors, all right? So if you want to use it uh, to print, let's say, an electrical, um, car not current, an electrical circuit, sorry, on it, again, you can use it. Or um, our customers, they're usually use these microfoils to determine the thickness of very thin foils that they are producing, all right, so they can be used as reference materials. Or some of our customers actually, actually that they have been in contact with the technical team, they're using it uh, in order to do experiments for fusion, so uh, and nuclear fusion as well, so a lot of, I would say, applications that are very thin foil can be applied, very thin one, because we're talking about 0.01 micro, yeah. right? So it's very, very thin. So high flexibility, I would say, uh, 
also um, uh, is very light, of course, so you're gaining also in weight, and we discussed about miniaturization. So yeah. there you go again, all right, these are the poles that they can be used as well. And honestly, there are, so, there are numerous applications that I can't even come to my mind at this point, I'm sorry. No, I think I think this is this is this is the first uh, this is the first episode of a new season. So I think over the over the coming year we'll talk about our product in a lot more detail. This is just a this is just a bit of an introduction to what we've got what we've got coming up. I think now is probably a good point for episode one to just start wrapping up. So Nick Aphrodite, I'd love to thank you for your time. I look forward to the next one. It's been fun. Uh, there's been some laughs that probably won't make it into the uh, the final edit, but it's been uh, it's been really good fun. Um, I'd like to just uh, remind people to visit the Goodfellow website, which is goodfellow.com. Uh, you can find everything to do with uh, our product set on there. All of our specialist product range is available to purchase online, or you can contact our sales team from the website. From the website, you can also sign up to receive news and information. We send out weekly and bi-weekly emails on products, uh, science news, uh, material science news, and also specialist announcements go through from there as well. So you can register and set your preferences on there. And if you've enjoyed this episode, and we hope you have, it will get better as we go forward. Do remember to like and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast channel. And we look forward to speaking to you again next month. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you, Mark.